Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming to you from Eggplant Studios in downtown Toronto, this is Jim Rats and Joints with Javon Shepard, Andy Routens, and Dan Gladman. Jim Rats and Joints is brought to you by Henderson's Brewery. The best beer is the beer you love. For producer Dan Wong and myself, Jeff Cole, let's rack it up, Danny G. Welcome to the podcast. It's Thursday, November 19th in Toronto, Canada. You know, last night was the NBA draft. And every year, really for decades now, I've I've had a nostalgic feeling about it. And it, it came to a head when I was watching last night when my, uh, my friend from junior high school and high school, Jeff Barton, called because we were both kind of giddy at home watching the NBA draft. Uh, it was something we watched as kids, something we always talked about. I've been able to cover it for, for several years. And today, I get to talk about the NBA draft with my contemporary day friends, Andy Routens, Javon Shepard, and we are delighted to welcome to our show today, Amy Audibert, um, who we've uh, we've all worked with. She is the color commentator for Raptors 905 games on NBA TV Canada. She covers college basketball, men's and women's, on networks and live streams in the United States, and she was the unbelievably amazing reporter during the CEBL Summer Series 2020 on CBC that took place in St. Catharines. Amy, we are so happy to have you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Keep going, please. Have an intro. Feel real good, you know? <laughs> well, it's it's longer than I have for Andy or Shep, so, so we wanted to, uh, you know, what? Uh, l- let me just start by asking you, you know, it's been a tough year for the whole world. Um, I saw you last in St. Catharines. How have you been uh, filling up the time covering basketball or otherwise in this pandemic-fueled year? Well, right after it was easy because the W was still playing, and I'm somewhat involved with that. Um, but then, you know, I think September, October, everyone just take a deep breath. But now it's like, it's go time. And this past week, I think, has really kind of amped everybody up, right? And um, even on the college side, a lot, actually quite a bit of anxiety right now. Um, with the college season just because there's a lot of unknown and even though you get schedules you look at what's happening in football and things get canceled and you totally get why so uh yeah like I, I really like everybody else I just want two feet in the gym I want to get going but then there's also that as we say go dark right the reality of what is still happening in our world so but I'm happy to be here and talking to you guys about something that did happen last night, the draft, right? Because, like, let's just focus on a little bliss bubble. A Thursday night, Friday, before free agency officially opens, like, let's have a little bliss bubble for these guys. Well, yeah, and and it was nice to have a basketball event. I mean, it hasn't been that long since the finals, but the the NBA draft really put some oxygen into the conversation. You know, one other thing I want to add about you, Amy, you know, Andy went to Syracuse, played ball there. Shep played ball at Michigan. 
you played college ball at Miami. You. Yeah, I mean, listen, so. we can talk some smack here for like an hour. <laughs> we don't have to talk about the draft. Because <laughs> I played, I actually have played at both of these establishments too. I how, mean, how did it pan out? Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you, we were terrible when we went to Michigan and it was a close game. <laughs> what I do well, remember did... is getting stuck in a snowstorm after. <laughs> and what I do remember about Syracuse, I, we did one when we were good that year, mm-hmm. also in a snowstorm. Yeah, naturally. And, and guess what? When I went home, no. there was no snow on the ground. <laughs> Okay, so it's about the only one you got there. If Miami wants to miss out on winter weather, you can play the Sun Belt teams all you want. You can play Alabama and Texas, but no, Miami wants to be a Big East team. It's my fallback because I did go to a tanning bed. Like, you don't have time to enjoy the weather when you're playing college basketball. So, go go ahead. Both, Both former Big East teams now. Both ACC, ACC teams, yeah. 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 That's, what I, that's what I meant. Yeah. I meant ACC. Yep. That's right. It's hard to, it's hard to remember and to oh, keep you're track. You're yeah. nature, man. It's yeah. all good. You guys <laughs> all came and invaded Virginia's conference. Okay, <laughs> yeah. who's the champion now? <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get into the dra- into the draft. It, I didn't think it was terribly eventful, but I thought it was a really pleasant, nice show to watch. Andy, I know you were home watching watching. What uh, what were your impressions? Really. Yeah the program and the draft as a whole i thought they did about as best as they could i mean adam silver really really held it down um it was cool to see uh those guys in their element at home with their families um you know just to see kind of some of the emotion behind the draft and you know obviously like amy and i were talking before the show started it was it was a little strange not seeing the guys go up to shake adam silver's hand and you know their names being called and and the whole electricity of um, you know the draft uh, in, in a in a bigger setting, but it was cool to see that that intimacy and, and to see how much emotion was behind uh, some of these guys' selections and how much it changed their lives and their families being there as well. I thought that was pretty cool. How about you, Shep? What was kind of your first impression? Of it? I, I think it was really well played, and, and again, the NBA has always been forward thinking and how they pivot and how they adapt. And I, you know, the only thing I missed was seeing those guys walk up on stage and, and just seeing the suits. Yeah, that was the, that was the only couple part guys, that I missed. Couple guys had a, had a couple of nice suits. Couple of them, in particular uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I was a big fan of his suit. Uh, sorry. Uh, Cole Anthony, yeah, Cole, yeah. Too. Cole yeah. Anthony, can't yeah. forget that. Yeah. Well, outside of that, I think you know, just to to tag along to what you said and you're just seeing those guys in their element and just seeing you know them share that moment with their families because and families friends and people that really meant much to them because you know those they are a part of the process right so just you know to to just see that they, they were able to share that moment with them was really you know emotional for me myself to see because you know how it is draft night you always relive you know just in envision yourself walking up on that stage or sharing that moment just hearing your name called so at, at AR you had your name called so you know exactly what yeah, we're I mean, it's, a, it's a combination of, of all the hard work and, and everything you've done behind closed doors to get to that point and the people who were there to help you get you, get you to that point and, mm-hmm. and, and to have your name called it's almost like a a sense of victory for everybody in the room, mm-hmm. you know, because they were a part of your journey too. So that's pretty cool. And then even seeing, you know, Anthony Edwards, he was able to bring obviously his grandmother and his his mother right. had passed, exactly. but yep. brought them with him to, to the moment, right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't have had that opportunity had we been at the at the draft, whether it be you know Barclays. Yeah, there's definitely a, a really heartwarming aspect to it, and I tweeted it last night, and I think I tweeted it last year, and probably the year before. If I had been drafted in the first round of the NBA with all that that means and all that's coming to it, not to mention the guaranteed money, <laughs> I would be crying tears of joy myself. I, I, I don't understand how you, how you don't break down in that moment. But so 
I was going to say, I thought it was pretty, like, listening to some people comment on the radio, on Twitter and social media about, like, oh, this is ridiculous. I heard somebody on the radio this morning cut up all the soft American kids because we're crying. And I was like, <laughs> dude, like... Mm-hmm. Take a step back, and on top of all the things you just mentioned, like, let's not forget they are sitting in their homes because they're in the middle of a global pandemic because a lot of people are still struggling. A lot of people have, basically everyone has been terribly affected, and so they get the best moment of their life. And and I just, like, I think everyone needs to stop, like, do not focus on that narrative of them being soft. Like, my gosh, can you imagine the happiest day of your life? while dealing with some of the hardest things that I hope mm-hmm. we ever will have to. Uh, I Yeah, like... The course of their lives change in yeah. that moment. So it's... I can imagine it being, you know, very emotional. It, it does. And and quickly, too, mm-hmm. like, let's not forget, they're in preseason in about two weeks, right? <laughs> like, there is no summer Get league. Work, there yeah. is no... That's a great I, point. Yeah. They are That's getting crazy. baptized in the deep end. Yeah. And, and, and there's... A, I think there's a little bit of that, too. Like, everything's changing, yet the world is not necessarily showing a lot of progress right now and it's got to be mentally just such a weird space to be in yeah i i really uh don't pay much mind to the those kinds of haters um i i think there it's tinged with a lot of jealousy there's people who would care about something like the nba draft there's two groups you either see the amazingness of it and the beauty of this uh milestone in a young man's life or you're a little jealous of it. You wish it was you. And so you, you look at things like their emotional response to it. Um, let's get into the basketball of it, though. You know, the Minnesota Timberwolves had the number one pick. Um, historically, I've seen them do some things that I disagreed with. I was at the draft. I, I think it was – I can't remember if it was 08, 09, or 10. But they drafted Andy's boy, Johnny Flynn – and Ricky Rubio, two point guards before Very Steph Curry. Very Steph Curry <laughs> was sitting there on the board, and they took... So <laughs> here they are with the number one pick. We're starting to see there have been number one busts. We never used to see it, but it is a thing right now. I, I doubt Anthony Edwards is a bust. Shep, let's start with you. Did they make the right move? Did they get the right guy? I, I think, you know, they... It was a perfect pick for them. You know, they have two young guys in D. Russell as well as Carl Anthony Towns. He just adds to that. And again, in this draft, there wasn't necessarily a superstar, so to say. So I think, you know, you have to pick the best available player um, at that time. And for this team, he not only is the best player, in my opinion, in the draft, but he's, he fits their team, a void that they have. Another, you know, a scoring wing, a guy that can, if he's engaged, can be a, a defender. Uh, physically, he's already he's already equipped to play in the NBA and contribute right now. So I think for them, you know, they got a stud and a guy that complements, you know, their, their young core in D. Russell and um, in Carl Towns. So, yeah, that, that was the perfect pick. And I, I don't think they should have went any other way. I think my only reservation with, with um, Anthony Edwards is his maturity level right now. And I think, you know, he's had a lot that's gone on in his life and, and you know, he, there's going to be a lot of room for him to grow. Now it's up to Minnesota to really surround him with, you know, the right pieces, the right mentorship so that he can be the best, you know, the best player and the best person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think, Andy? Do you agree with, with what yeah. Shep's saying? I think this is Minnesota's time to take a step forward. I think they've been, they've been close for a long time. Um, uh, I think he, like Shep said, he's going he's gonna to contribute right away. He's NBA ready. His athleticism is, is unparalleled. He's a shot maker. He's a shot creator for himself and others. Um, you know, Lamella would dominate the ball, and I don't think that would jive well with with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, you know, considering the amount that he that he has the ball in his hands, 
Um, and James Wiseman is a bit of a project. Carl mm. Anthony Towns is already there. So, like you said, he's the best available. I think he's a, he's a great pick. The only concern I have for them is, is on the defensive end. I think they're going to be offensively super dynamic, but it's just going to be about if they can get stops and, like you said, fill, fill the right pieces. Mm-hmm. Going to give up a lot of points in Minnesota points, this yeah, year. Right. A- Amy, have you have you seen him play? What do you think of a this pick? A little bit. You know, I, I agree that they – first of all, let's just say, like you said, Minnesota cannot screw this up. <laughs> so they absolutely cannot screw this pick up. Um, and they went with a kit who – as his college coach, Tom Crean, said, he doesn't even know what he doesn't know yet. Yeah. He reclassified high school guys. He should be starting his freshman year in Georgia right now. Oh, wow. So when we talk about maturity and we talk about all these things, mm-hmm. how do you know? The issue, I think, where Minnesota felt the pressure is, like you said, they couldn't go with Mello because of D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't go with Wiseman because of Cat. Mm-hmm. And so their option... I don't want to say it was easy, but it was the obvious pick. And D'Angelo and Cat don't want to play defense, right. so that's where he's gonna really. Though um, Anthony Edwards is in a, he can you said score at three levels. He has tremendous size. He's a great athlete. Uh, he's gonna have to bring some defensive intensity. But in terms of like complementing what they have, mm-hmm. he was the guy to go with. What's so scary? I mean, we always say this about the draft: is you just you don't know. I hate call. They're young men, but I'm gonna say kid. This kid, like he is a kid, yeah. and and it's he's the number one pick. And like, let's go again. We're not even going to summer league. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it like 50 times today. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, we're gonna see in a couple weeks. And 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 I think the huge move for them was getting Ricky Rubio back mm-hmm. because we talked about like just having like oh, maturity and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And really, like I think Jimmy Butler embarrassed this team. I think they still haven't fully recovered mm-hmm. because Jimmy Butler went on to do great things. And so this is kind of their opportunity to to have a new start. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited. I would have went with this pick as well. And um, we'll see. Yeah, I saw a couple of screen grabs about how he said that he's, he's he doesn't watch basketball. That's a little I did see that. Yeah, going into the draft. Lose at Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> he said he learned that. Right. Okay, bring him on. Like, let's kind of sort of maybe compete at oh, Minnesota. Like, yeah. But you know what? To. I, what I do like is after the draft, he said, I, you know, I was the number one pick, mm-hmm. but I haven't played one minute in the NBA yet. So I have a lot to prove to myself mm-hmm. as well as, you know, the, in this These league. are almost the kind of guys you want, the guys that, are, that you're able to mold. That, you know, if you look at a guy like, uh, let's say, Joel Embiid, he mm-hmm. didn't start playing basketball until he was, what, 15, 16, yep. something like that. And a lot of the guys who've been playing their whole lives, you get to a certain point, you kind of get jaded a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, know, you kind of cap out at your learning curve and then in your abilities. So to just see him scratching the surface at what he's doing right now is a pretty scary, pretty scary sight. And if he buys in, I think the sky's the limit. I think you know he's one of those guys where it's it's high risk, high reward. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I, like you said, Minnesota can't really mess this up, but well, they did. <laughs> they have really haven't. So, <laughs> yeah. It's t- tough to see Minnesota competing for a playoff spot in in the coming season. I, I'm trying to. Who's Minnesota's coach? Is it Saunders? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. if I if I'm him, I'm treating Edwards like my star college player this year. Yeah. I'm not even treating him like an NBA player. You know, I I haven't seen him play. I don't watch Georgia basketball that much but the the one thing I'm maybe I'm the only person but I saw it, like in the highlight roles the tomahawk dunks of this guy in a Georgia uniform mm. it does make you think of Dominique Wilkins That's right. 
it's probably going to be an unfair comparison for the kid, but hey, you are the number one pick. You should be eventually at that caliber. I'm almost treating all three like college all-stars because, listen, I think Kat and D'Angelo are getting paid $60 million this year. They haven't won yet. Mm. Okay, so something's right. got to change. Yeah. Something has to, I'm just kidding. I don't Obviously, know you can't is. treat those those guys like they're in college, but <laughs> my gosh, like now you, you literally have opportunity now. Like, mm. like I agree with you, Dan. I don't think they're necessarily a playoff team. But I think the Minnesota fan base needs to be realistic and say, hey, like, get these three guys out there and, like, let's see if we can mm-hmm. build from there. And, you know, like you said, I don't think they have much time anymore because Jimmy Butler did expose him. And what he and we went and single-handedly changed, you know, a whole team, a whole in Miami. So I think with this, they are young, but... Is is Minnesota's um, management going to be as patient? Are their fans going to be as patient? I don't think so. I don't think so going forward. Oh, Without the organization that publicly, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty hard to recover from. But I do like the fact that they're bringing back Ricky just because, yeah. I mean, he's a seasoned veteran. He made strides in Phoenix, and I think that you know, he's, a, he's a world champion now with Spain as well. So he's got a, a wealth of basketball knowledge. I think he can pass on to a lot of those guys there. See, I, th- I thought LaMelo Ball would have been a good pick for Minnesota because I do think they need to give the fan base some showtime and a bit of entertainment. Oh, oh Anthony, he, he's showtime. That's showtime. You got okay. showtime. Okay, okay so he's going to win a dunk contest? Okay. And also, like, Cat, he wants to be showtime. Like, the guy wants to be showtime. He wants to be, but... I know, but that's what I'm saying. But he's not. So are you guys, do you guys think, are you guys putting your trust in Cat as this team's... I don't no, know. not okay. at all. I'm just not. saying, like you have, you have, and D'Angelo as well, right? Like you have two guys uh, that you clearly have, and you're paying very well. And so I think that Edward was the best fit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think okay, Wiseman was the best player, but I think Edwards was the best Ooh, fit for this. Really? You know, like, and and yeah. Wiseman did not work out with Minnesota. Like, I cannot believe these kids are forcing <laughs> where they could maybe get. Well, drafted. I mean, you. you you look at you look at the opportunity for Wiseman, and, yeah. it, and it worked in his favor. And we, <laughs> yes. we can move on to that now. I mean, did you see uh, Lamelo trying to create that narrative? I don't because you could hear some of the the the, the mic leaks uh-huh. on, on the live stream, and Lamelo was going too too. You see, I'm going, I'm going too. So yeah, like they're trying to dictate at, at 19 years old where they're going to yeah. be drafted. Lamelo was never going to Golden State. Oh, no. And, no. and no. I, look, I I think Golden State. Um, had Wiseman in their eyesight all year. Um, you know, this this is a bigger part of it, it, of what we're talking about. Wiseman played three games in his college career. Incredibly, I ended up at one of them. I was in Portland working on a, a Toronto Raptors broadcast, and Paul Jones and I got tickets and went to see Oregon play Memphis. And it was, I think it was his last game. And he had the 14 and 12. What did the eye test look like for you? I mean, he he looked. I don't want to say he looked like a man among boys because mm-hmm. Oregon had a good team, but mm-hmm. they were, you know, they were surrounding him. Mm-hmm. They they were making it the the whole um, strategy of Oregon was just to make life miserable for Wiseman, which you can expect in a a college game. You know, he still kind of dominated the boards, um, but I, I do think. This is an amazing pick for Golden State. Unfortunately, it's been colored by the news that were that came out last night. And we've received it today that Clay Thompson now, after recovering from the ACL, now tears his Achilles and again is out for the season. Amy, where does this leave the Warriors right now? You know, they still have Steph, they have Wiggins, they have Draymond Green, and now they have James Wiseman. Without Clay, though, are they in the mix to win the West? 
I'm not going to say they're not at this point because I think all those other guys deserve some sort of notoriety or respect, but this is devastating. And like, where are they right now? I think right now everyone probably over there is just taking like a couple hours to like just regroup and mentally just say we have to move forward. And also like they seem to be a program that like each other. This is devastating. Like this, this is career devastating for Clay. Um, Reports are that he really struggled. He had 17 months to recover from his ACL because of when it happened and his rehab was going well, but mentally like he was just having a really hard time not being able to compete. Well, Achilles is, I mean, in my opinion, maybe one of the most devastating injuries in the game. So, um, but I'm going to say it again in two weeks, they're playing. So they really do have to move forward. The reason why I think, um, Wiseman was the greatest, um, pick for them. Obviously we talk about his size and his length and he's got like a seven, six, like wingspan, right? Um, if you watch film on him, he will show the ability to bust out. That's my, when you talk about big players, that's the magic word bust out. He can get a rebound. And even if it's two dribbles, right up the middle of the court and allow lanes to fill, that's the way they like to play. Like a Clint Capella type. Yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, he's bigger, like he's way bigger. Mm -hmm. And so, um, he's also going to be a great rim protector. Mm -hmm. And so a team that likes to run in transitions, you make shots tough, you get a rebound and you go. And that's Golden State's MO. That's what I mean. So like the fact that they got the number two pick, I mean, obviously and rightfully so everything really dimmed down. Um, the entire draft to me, I, I, I was watching it with a friend, um, socially distanced, of course, but, um, like the mood, even our moods, like you're just sad to hear about clay. Um, because when golden state woke up yesterday morning, they were so excited. They were feeling good. They were feeling so yeah. good. Yeah. And I yeah. think they do, do still have a reason to feel very good, but it's just, it's the basketball I'm looking size. I'm the roster right now. It's the, looking pretty thin. That's yeah. what I, I'm, it's, but it's also the personal side. But I also do think with Golden State, their roster is looking thin. Mm-hmm. Last year, like, those guys had a lot of time oh, like to yeah. rest. Not only their bodies, but, like, shoulders up, right? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of, like, regroup and stuff. So, I'm ex- I'm not, I feel so bad for their program right now. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, they've you know, been to the, what? Yeah. They've been to the finals, what? The past four. It had been five years in a row. Yeah, four against Cleveland, once against Toronto. So that's a hundred plus games every year. And you're returning. I mean, obviously not Clay, but Mm -hmm. you're returning the core, right? Mm -hmm. And Draymond and and Steph, and and that has to mean something too. Um, The one thing I always said about Golden State throughout their entire tenure, even when they chased the seventy-two, was. they know when it's go time. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's really what killed them that season. I think when they got to the playoffs, they were like exhausted. But the, the question now is going to be yeah. who's the they? You know, Thompson's gone, Durant's gone, but we saw Wiggins. I, I mean, it's Wiggins. It's Wiggins time to show who Wiggins is. Like, let's go. <laughs> they still have enough. You have yeah. Steph, you have, you have Wiggins. Draymond is back to, he doesn't have to carry the load anymore. He can get back to facilitating. And then you have Wiseman. He fills the void that they've, they've, they've had like okay, this that's, a guy that that's we've... a starting five and bro. i would yeah. say this though also like damian lee yeah free agency now like i mean if you want to talk about pitching someone i'm not sure what their cap space looks like but pitching someone is like we were a contender can you come in and hit shots can you be are mm-hmm. you a good defender i think there are a lot of guys that are thirsty to just win like yeah. they just want to win Look, th- this, this can is we see be... jr on the golden state <laughs> next year <or> what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. i, I think, love it i yeah. mean i think the honest? biggest concern that's, for well, them at this point now yeah. is you know, it, it becomes a business with Clay now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what what direction do you go with him? He's coming off of the ACL and now the Achilles. Do you show loyalty it's, to him? Do you show loyalty to him or do you, you know, let him recover and start to shop him around? Because the reality is he's not going to be the same player. Mm-hmm. One, you know, when he gets back from this Achilles injury, 
he's still essentially going to be recovering from the ACL. He hasn't played five on five. He hasn't played at that level, um, that level of intensity and, and so forth at, with this competition. So uh, I think that's the bigger concern right now. And again, you start the season in two weeks. As management, you, ha- you have to be considering all of these things. And I think, you know, with this pick, maybe you change the dynamic of this team. Maybe you start to change how we play, mm. right? Well, I think, you know, for them, you know, uh, Marquise Chris, I believe it was, he was their leading rebounder last year. This guy, Wiseman, fills that void. Going to get up and down the court, like you guys said. Rebound, contest shots. He's, he's almost like a bigger Chris Bosh. He can, you know, he can stretch the floor as well. So I think, you know, now with, with you know, someone like him in the middle, Clay's, Clay's out, you start, to ch- you start to think a little different. Like, okay, for sure. Clay may not be the same. This becomes a business. Yeah, yeah. But do you, do, you look at, do you look at KD as a benchmark for how guys are going to return from Achilles at this point? No. Why? <laughs> KD is like one of the so, most dynamic athletes. And, exactly. And he plays all four positions. I just think his body positions. frame too, right? He's really thin and like he's mm-hmm. such an exp- – I just – I think like he's just on a different so – he's like on his, his own planet. Even his recovery is just different. Yeah, yeah, I just think like he's he's gifted – they're all – most of them are gifted mm-hmm. in the NBA. He's he's gifted of the gifted, gifted yeah. I think. I wouldn't – I think with, with Achilles you can never really like – use a benchmark or compare because I just feel like people just built you see some people like Katie mm-hmm. or Brianna Stewart on the women's side mm-hmm. who just had the best season of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, other people like it's just, they're not the same. Tough. We, we still have to play it out and see how, how everything plays out because at the same time, like father time, father time is undefeated. He's right. And yeah. KD is, he's no spring chicken at this point in, in his career. So I think we still have to see, you know where this goes for him, how he recovers from him, and then you know evaluate him independently. But again, that's that's tough. Clay is, I believe, Clay's in his thirties as well. You know, once you get over that mark, it's it's a lot tougher to recover from those those injuries. And again, it's not like an ACL where ACLs now you you come back stronger than you were before, right? So it's it's it'll be tough. It'll be tough. Look, I I think what I'm what I'm getting from this conversation, and I, I think we all feel the whole basketball world feels awful for Clay. Um, Wiggins has a huge opportunity here. Huge. I mean, if if the Warriors can get back to that level of being a team that gets to the finals, uh, this is a career changer for Wiggins. But there's also a, a great opportunity for this kid, Wiseman. And as the number two pick, I do think he's a starter. Um, they might have to change their game a little bit having a big man in there you don't you know you don't have the death lineup anymore and maybe they they change the way they play but i think you're going to see them run um maybe play a little inside out but they're probably going to try to develop wiseman as a three-point shooter as well but as we know with all championship teams including the warriors it's just going to come down to defense and if these if they play defense they'll probably still be in in the hunt for it um the number three pick, as we, we go down the board here, and you know you probably stop after three because those are kind of the, the darling names. And out, out of that, you know you really have to be an insider <laughs> to know who these guys are. But LaMelo Ball going three uh, to Charlotte, uh, to Michael Jordan's team. LeVar Ball's going to be around. Maybe he can finally play that one-on-one game against MJ <laughs> that, that he's always threatened. Um Andy, let, let's start with you here. What kind of rookie season w- are you going to expect from LaMelo Ball, who has some pro experience mm-hmm. yeah. overseas? 
I like it. Uh, I think, okay, first of all, I think MJ is going to shut all that extracurricular <laughs> LeVar Ball shit down immediately. You know, MJ doesn't, MJ is a winner by nature. He doesn't like outside distractions. He's a private guy by nature. And I think that he's not going to want that around his, his organization. Um, granted, he's going to be a part of it regardless. But as far as LaMelo goes, he's had a, a plethora of experience. Okay, not only in, in Australia, but he's played in the Drew League against professionals, and, and he made a name for himself in the Drew. Um, and and he's he has the ability to change a team's makeup. I mean, he's he's more or less Magic Johnson. This modern day is Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, 6'8", wow. with the ability to handle the ball. He's a distributor, you know, by nature. He's, he's capable of making plays. His shot making is, is a little bit questionable, more so his shot selection. Um, but he proved what he can do in the NBA, M- MBL. And, and that's no slouch of a league. MBL is, is, is up and coming. There's a lot of grown men in that league who play very physically. So I like the prospect of it. Um, I think he's more NBA ready than any of the guys that are in this draft. Um, and, and, I, and I think he has a really long, bright future if he can stay healthy and, and, and progress the right way. Do you agree with that, Amy? Yeah, I mean, when we talked about these top three picks, I think they all went to the best fit. Uh, so mm-hmm. I really like a lot of coaches on the Charlotte Hornets staff, so I'm always like a fan of them, and I want them to win. They need a star. Like, they, they need do. someone at this point who is just going to yeah. excite, um, you know, the fans. Like, they got to get something so going. That, yeah. And and so while, like, Devontae Graham, iffy so far um, – Terry Rozier's there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's a big one. Uh, PJ Washington. So they've got like these guys that are pretty good, Miles solid Bridges players, well. but yeah. they need someone to just go excite everybody. And if anyone understands what that means, mm-hmm. it's a ball kit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like Absolutely. he gets it. And and I think um when we look at this draft, and you always kind of look at um who kind of grew up in gyms or who has that understands what this level might mean. I think Levar, um, Leangelo and also Cole Anthony do, right, with mm-hmm. Greg Anthony's. But uh, I think he's excited, obviously, to, to prove everyone what Absolutely. he can do. But he already has done it. Like Australia, like you said, the NBL, like he got a triple-double. He, he's a he's a kid still. Mm-hmm. And he understands, I believe, out of the entire class, he understands most what this means. And I'm going to say it again, in two, two and a half weeks, he's going to be out yeah. there. And I think that works majorly to the Hornets' advantage. They've got a kid who who really does get it and has kind of in some ways already proven it. Yeah, I mean, Shep, does the fact that he's he's got some pro experience while a lot of these guys maybe had two, maybe three months playing NCAA ball against who knows who, you know, we didn't get to March Madness or or even the conference tournament. Yeah, so these are out of conference games. I think, yeah. Usually very these guys aren't really seasoned yeah. Yeah. and this guy's had some pro experience. How I much is it gonna help? Even before you get to all that, you have a six eight point guard mm-hmm. and yeah. he passes like, That's he a can, unicorn in the league. Yeah, like yeah. that's a unicorn. He pat and he passes that pill. Like I don't think you can you know, for them Devontae Graham, I think you have to you, you move him. Like, sorry, not Devontae. Terry Rozier, you you move him yeah. out of there. I don't believe in Terry Rozier as a the franchise type of guy. Or he's not, but if he's around. willing to play a role, I mean, and I don't. He, I, he, see, he, that's he tried I, to do that in Boston, though. I don't think so, though, because but he left Boston and they gave him that money and pretty much guy. told him, you yeah. know, here are the keys to the team. Right. And then Devontae, <laughs> nah, yeah. yeah, shattered him. He, you know, Devontae came and showed out, and Most it became improved, yeah. you know that became his team. And then now you have you know the six eight. And he, the six eight point guard that not not only you know can be an impact immediately, but also he can sell tickets in the box office. Yeah, he's got- 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right, I mean, so for a small market team, this is... is, I mean, I never thought that I would say this, but... Your your social following at this point in the game matters <laughs> in terms of business. Definitely. And you look at this kid, he's his own business, mm-hmm. essentially. I mean, he had BBB before, and now he signed a Puma for millions of dollars already. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid is going to put fans in the seats just based off what he's done on Instagram and this ball in the family show. So I think he's bringing This is them. why I thought Minnesota should have taken yeah. him. Yeah. I think if I have one reservation with him, it's... He hasn't been a winner yet, but he's also been so young playing mm-hmm. against men. He hasn't had to be. So he's going to have to learn that where, you know, and now when you think about Charlotte's team, they have to turn the corner as well. So I don't think they're going to have time to be as patient with with him in that sense. He's going to have to have, a, you know, the, that, a quick learning curve. And his maturity level. And in, the, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think that would be the only concern. But I would, for them, this is the perfect pick. And I think there's going to be a couple changes. And again, with... You know, Terry Rozier, I think he has some value that you can move around, mm-hmm. sh- you know, shop around and get some pieces that you may need for your for your team. I, I think the Eastern Conference is getting tougher. And I think a team like the Charlotte Hornets is has been left out in the cold for years. And I, I do like this pick for them in terms of what he brings to the franchise, a bit of swagger, a bit of name. But, man, you would you'd have to get me to you'd have to pay me a lot of money for me to say that I think the Hornets are are moving in a direction right now where they're going to be um you know in the playoffs or competing for a chip you know anytime soon all respect to our buddy the assistant coach uh, Nathaniel Mitchell but I I just I just don't see the personnel in Charlotte and I, I don't think LaMelo Ball comes in there and is going to have them competing in an East that all of a sudden has some of the best players in the league in it. Mm. Let's uh, let's take a, a, a quick moment here. You know, we have a sponsor on this show. Can you believe it, Amy? We have uh, Henderson Brewery based in Toronto. Uh, the best beer is the beer you love. And I've been drinking a lot of Henderson Food <laughs> Truck and Henderson U, uh, IPA. Uh, during this pandemic year of 2020. So thanks to uh, our friend Aiden Wiener and the Henderson Brewery. Buy their beer. It's delicious. Uh, one, one topic that I've been looking forward to discussing uh, really with with this group because, you know, especially Andy and Shep have, have ties to the international game. There's some really intriguing names out of Europe in this draft. And, you know, some years you see it, some years you don't. But there's three names that really uh, stood out, I thought, in the draft. And that's Killian Hayes, who I think is out of France but played in Germany. Uh, Danny Avdija out of Israel, the highest pick uh, out of Israel ever. ever. And uh, Alexei Pogosevsky, does that Oof, sound right? That's, Did I maybe get that? So I, I, I think he's out of mind. Greece. Um, obviously so, now yeah. all the comparisons, anybody out of Europe is going to be to Luka Doncic. It would be unfair to expect any of these guys to really be close to that. Mm-hmm. But there is some intrigue to it. I think it's really interesting. Andy, can you maybe start it and, and speak to A, who these players are, but B, 
the development of basketball in some mm-hmm. of these countries. Yeah, uh, so so to me, the most NBA ready is is Denny Abdija. Um, you know, he was playing in Maccabi Tel Aviv uh, at the highest level there is in the Euro League. They had a really good season last year. The kid loves to get out and transition. He's six eight, six nine. I mean, he's built like a small forward that's in, in the guards in the guards body. Um, you know, he's a stellar athlete. He can shoot the ball well. He, he's he's got that European style influence in his game, where he's patient. Um, and he's got that grown man strength. You know, he's been playing at that level for a long time now. Um, but the other prospect that's super interesting, I love Killian Hayes. Mm-hmm. Lefty is 6'5". You know, he's also been playing in, in, in Germany a couple years professionally. And um, I don't even know how to say his, his name. Alexej Pukajewski. Pogusevski. <laughs> Out of Serbia. Oh, that's Serbia. Just put some confidence behind yeah, it. Exactly, Everybody right? will yeah, believe you. <laughs> so uh, so he, he's from Serbia, so he's from but he Serbia. played in yeah. Greece. He was playing in Olympiakos this past oh, yeah. season. Um, I was actually out did you, in... I was uh, going to say, did you play against him? I was in Panathinaikos, and he, he didn't suit up, but mm-hmm. he is all of 6'11". This mm-hmm. kid is yeah. huge. Uh, he's wiry. If, if they can find the proper sports nutritionist to put the right mass on this kid for his mobility, I think he's going to be... He's going to have Kevin Durant comparisons, in my opinion. Wow. His ability to handle the ball in the full court, uh, his court vision, his ability to score. He's got a soft touch. I mean, the kid is a super interesting prospect. And you know who doesn't miss on those is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sam Presti knows his shit. And you can bet on that, for sure. Yeah. And they're rebuilding. And they're so rebuilding, it's yeah. perfect timing think, for him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, don't I don't want anyone to be offended. I hate <laughs> player comparisons in the draft. I will compare bodies because we can measure wings. You know, we, we can make measurements, but I just can't. Because, like, I mean, we are comparing people to some of the greats who... They're kids. Like, we can't help it. It's, I know, how, but you won't hear do. me. I will make maybe a couple body comparisons. But anyways, I will say this. The other thing about these pro guys... They've been playing pro basketball, mm-hmm. right? Denny's been playing since he was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Killian's got like 72 pro games under his belt. Like, mm-hmm. So you, we can't also f- just forget about that. But I do think Denny's going to make the biggest impact at Washington. I agree. Um, they call him a point forward. I still like, I get the term, but I don't like it. Like, <laughs> what is a point forward? A big that can dribble and shoot? Like, that is still just like a really good big guy. But he is a point forward, if you will. But I mean, if you see film on him, like, he will step back like a seven footer, hit a three in your face. And that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's just exciting. And um, like, both of his parents played pro. So, like, we don't know a lot about these European kids. I'm not ready to say they're the next Luca. <laughs> like, hello, but. Um, but we, yeah. when he when Luca came into the league, it seemed like people had a pretty good idea that what he was not. Well, there was good, like a but. new fad with him, though. Like everybody, all of a sudden, was paying attention to this kid for like a year, yeah. and Fran Fraschilla had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Like, who was like, well, and when Fran tells you something, Luca had you listen. Accomplished you know? a lot more on the Euroleague level from at a, a lot younger age. So, uh, this, the sad part about that, he's he set the bar so high for some of these Europeans that are coming into the league after him yeah. now, and I think. You know, there's going to be a little adjustment because everybody's looking for the next Luca. You're going to have to live with those comparisons <laughs> early on. They're going to have to live yeah. with that for a while. I, in my opinion, I think Killian is the one that's a little bit. He may have the the most uh, the quickest curve or the quickest impact. I just think he's a, he's a big guard. Mm-hmm. He's crafty. He's not the most athletic, but he's been playing at that level for mm-hmm. you know for some time. And and again, he's he's from he's from France. The French league where he actually came up in is you know a league that's full of athletes, so he's already accustomed to playing against athletes and so forth. Well, France is probably the most similar in terms of athleticism style and of play, style of play, style of play in so Europe for sure. Given given you know be that, I, I think he'll be he'll adjust a little a little faster. Mm-hmm. But again, I think Denny has the, the highest ceiling. 
I'm not even going to try to pretend that I've seen any of these young athletes play, but I have been reading about them, and I've been hearing these names. Mm -hmm. And I heard of uh, Avdija over a year ago. Um, Killian Hayes, it's a name that really was circling a lot during the lead-up to the draft. And while there have been hits and misses on these European, young European professionals before, there's, they are starting to show um, a poise and a strength to play in the NBA. I think uh, these three players are going to be players to keep your eyes on in their rookie seasons. I think they're going to have impacts on their teams this year. Maybe they're a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, than some of the other players, including a, a guy like Wiseman, who really hasn't played a lot of basketball for the last year or two. Um, th- there were some some other uh, picks that, that stood out for me. Um, when the San Antonio Spurs were on the board, um, I thought they were for sure going to take Tyrese Hamilton uh, with the 11th spot. Also, I loved what ESPN did when they showed the last time the Spurs were in the lottery. 1997, and they showed you uh, everything, everything that was going on in the world. <laughs> the price of gas, the movies, the the music. I think, uh, man, who was the president? Bill Clinton. I mean, it, it, that that's the kind of television I like. That kind of creative TV. That that that's my bag right there. But um, they passed on Halliburton. Halliburton ends up with the Sacramento Kings. Um, Amy, have you seen Halliburton play much? He was at Iowa State, not a big TV team, but is this a steal for the Kings? I think he's a tremendous shooter, and so it, uh, maybe I, I don't know. Like I, I don't. I he got pat, he slid, and it made me go like, what's what's going on here? And yeah. maybe it's because he's just he's just kind of pegged as a as a shooter and a good guard, but that to me is like a tough spot to. To draft. It's it's actually interesting that you say that that he slid because he actually had some of the best interviews, which usually translates well to translates well higher. to yeah. guys that are drafted higher. So it leads me to believe maybe there's there's holes in his games that in his game that were not preview to or, or the combine could yeah. help them or the combine. I was gonna say this too because I forgot, but you brought this up about these interviews last week. Jamal Malalela had a media availability and he was just talking about how they've done everything over Zoom this year. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about how tough this draft was, like yeah. they evaluate, you know, this you get off the plane and you're going to dinner, for sure. Like they know what you can do on the court, right? Yeah. And so they've had to do all this from behind a computer screen. And so I thought he was gonna go higher. Uh, I think he's a great shooter, yeah. but can I just jump in with the one that absolutely killed me? How did Obi Toppin slip to number eight? Mm. The, I don't know how how Cleveland how passed him up. Forward? Why did okay. Cleveland pass him up? Okay, I'll say this. Come on, I, GM. I, I like I like I like this for his for him because yeah. he's also a guy that that's dealt with this before. Coming out of high school, he didn't even have a, a scholarship offer, right? So he's used to you know coming from behind scratching and crying to be you know at the top and I think for for the Knicks this helps as well because of the situation that the organize the, the position that the organization is in yeah. they need help they need help they need a guy that embodies that toughness that grit they need a, they need a guy that understands like no this is not all sweet like we need to get shit mm-hmm. done so I think with Tibbs in there now is it you know at the, the helm at the head of the bench you know and a guy like this it's you know the perfect marriage. You need yeah, the guy I, to embody Tibbs' attitude yeah, on the court. I, I agree. Yeah. I think for for Obi, he was like you saw the emotion behind him. He's a New York kid who mm. is now playing for the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, and he talked about that it's and what that meant to him. Thing. But what's crazy <laughs> to me 
is you look at him and when we talk about how we draft potential and ceilings, how do you not how does how do you how does he get to eight? Because this is a and he's a kid again. He was when he played one year in prep school, that's why he didn't have an offer. He was six three. He is six nine now. He's grown six inches in college. He doesn't even know his own body yet. Mm-hmm. And yet he was the national player of the year. He led Dayton to I believe they were ranked one last year at one point in the mm-hmm. season. He was the he to me is one of the most NBA ready players based on evaluation. And I thought it was so Best interesting that and but it and the thing he's not even a secret because he's the national player of the year. Yeah. Like, so to me, it was just so, I would, I, first of all, I just love his name too. Like, come on, who doesn't love Obi Toppin? Like, it's a great name. Yeah, Obi-Wan right? Obi-Wan Toppin. Right? Yeah. And so I, I think it worked out great and I'm happy that he actually gets to play at mm-hmm. home in New York and the opportunity to, to be part of, I mean, we've been saying this for how many years now, but someone's got to be a part <laughs> of something in New York, right? With the Knicks. And I, I so I'm happy well, for him. Well, RJ. I mean, I but also the... like, I thought it was funny that Cleveland went with Isaac Okoro, who, um, Bruce Pearl obviously he has a loud voice and people listened because yeah. uh, the, he's got a weird shot. They've talked about shooting his mechanics. His thing is he's got a high motor and he loves playing defense. A top five pick in the NBA is now a kid that has a high motor and loves to play defense. I just thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, definitely a, a shift in the culture, I think, because it's more offensive minded these days. Um, you know, circling back to, to Tyrese Halliburton, I, I think he. Why he slipped maybe because of you know his his lack of uh, you know uh, uh, marketability maybe but he's one of the highest IQ guys in the draft um, you know as a point guard going to a team like Sacramento I think that opens up uh, you know a big lane for for um, uh, uh, De'Aaron Fox you know because having to ha- handle the responsibilities of being on the ball at all the time um, making plays now you have somebody who can alleviate that who can you know put him off the more off the ball situations and more scoring. Um, and as far as Obi Toppin goes, I think he has a few holes in in, in his game defensively. Um, from what I understand, you know, there were concerns of his ability to to bang with the bigs in the post and kind of, you know, he was getting taken advantage of in in some of the mismatches in the paint. Uh, but I love that pick for them. I think that you know, even though they did draft another small forward yet again, I think this is an area that you know they they drafted well. Tibbs is like you said. Shep is a guy who who embodies you know hard work. Hard you know, work I, yeah. I had the chance to 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 play with him for a little bit, uh, and he's just a, a a no bullshit guy. The kind of guy that New York really needs, and, and to bring characters in who who embody that work ethic, I think that he's going to thrive there if he can deal with everything that comes with New York, which is the media, which is <laughs> you know it best from the fans. It's yeah. like they hurt themselves, yeah, you know. Do. Like they do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's you want this 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 uh, this organization to do well, yet everybody around it surrounds it with negativity. It's 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 completely unbecoming of what they envision the team to be, and I think that all starts with the top. You know, as soon as I think as soon as they make moves on on a guy like James Dolan, I think that will slowly they started to shift the culture a little bit by bringing in Leon Rose. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they feel more secure with his his ability to bring guys in and his relationships with players as an agent. So I think they're on the right path. uh, uh, But I think they still have a long way to go. Well, the way you guys are uh, describing uh, Obi Toppin and his new coach, Tom Thibodeau, I I know you hate the comparisons, Amy, but I can't help but think of a 
a young Jimmy Butler oh, a little bit. Okay. The the work ethic, the size, uh, the the versatility, and I can see Tibbs playing this rookie forty eight minutes a night <laughs> yeah. this year because that's what he does, and it sounds yeah. like this this young athlete would like to play that way. Um, you know, we're in Toronto, so we always got to get a little bit of talk of the Toronto Raptors in there, and. I thought they had a, an intriguing draft. I don't know much about uh, the athletes that they've brought in. They got Malachi Flynn, San Diego State at the 29 slot, and then Jalen Harris out of Nevada at, at 59. Amy, have you seen these guys play? Can they can they do anything on, on a Toronto Raptors roster that's might be reworked a little bit? Well, I think you're going to have a lot of Mountain West Conference uh, people paying attention to Toronto because both of these guys battled it out, which is interesting. I've seen film. Um, and Siak, is Siak yeah. from yeah. Is New Mexico? Uh, from New Mexico. Yeah. And, and, you know, like in the 905 had some Mountain West guys because right when I started reading it, I remember doing hits about the Mountain West. I don't know what it is about the Mountain West, but <laughs> we're going to find out one day. It's the air. The mountain, yeah. But, uh, I mean... It, Super exciting guy. I mean, in Malachi, what, what he's been. Well, you look at his accomplishments, and you're like, oh, I mean, he can ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they took a um, a guard, like a point guard, and and an actually, undersized point yeah, guard again. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because it kind of like made my heart sink for a second. Like, what do we not know about Freddie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, really, like I I um not a GM, but I th- thought maybe we needed a big, like we need to build a bit there just knowing who, who we're losing, who might not be coming back. Uh, but again, like you look at a guy 29, so I don't think he's going to come in and, and change things right away. It's weird saying that because Pascal was 27 and OG was 23. Um, well, they didn't but, change things right away. No, either. that's why I said right away, yeah. but eventually. But again, opportunity to come in. Kyle hopefully still has a couple more you know, runs in him and see what happens with Freddie now. So it might be another perfect storm. But I also know we've been extremely spoiled up here. Toronto people like to think the draft doesn't matter because of the guys that we've gotten late that we've that are now like, you know, our biggest faces. Um, but opportunity for him to come in, hopefully learn a couple of things. Well, he's going to have to learn a couple of things, probably get some reps with the 905. Um I, it could work out for him. Do, is he going to change things right away? No. But, I mean, this this organization, with the exception of Kawhi Leonard, they it, they have been about developing, right? They have been about putting the time yeah, in and giving guys point. opportunity. And so here we go again. And so I, I think uh, you got to be excited about that because not only was he the player of the year in the conference, he was the defensive player of the year in the conference, and that means something. Nick Nurse likes to play defense. This organization likes to play defense. So not only are you – Killing on this end of the court, but it was but, the Mountain West. Yeah, but still, that's not the NBA. Yeah, but, a different caliber of point still, guards you're guarding. You are, but you're still going out there and doing it every night on both ends of the court, and that has to mean something. To earn that honors, and sorry, any... I didn't want to cut no, you no, off, no, no, but no, that no, was no, important no, no, no. too. Amy's cutting everybody off. I know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. We brought you in here for that. You're coming back next week. What, Shep? You, you, you were gonna go on. Like, look, um, to me, best case scenario for the Toronto Raptors: Lowry and Van Vliet are back. So okay, I see we- this guy in the G. <laughs> <You hope. laughs> well, that, I, I assume that's the best case scenario for yeah. Toronto. Yeah. That means this this kid is in the G League all year, no? But at the same time, I think when you're putting a team together, you have to make sure that you have three point guards or at least two and one combo that can that can really facilitate when things are when you you know let's say your your main guy or second guard goes down. Now, when you're looking at the Raptors roster right now, and and remember these guys still have value these. You know these first round picks and, and 
guards, period, are always going to have value. When you look at the Raptors' makeup right now, you're, you're unsure of what's going to happen with Freddie. Kyle, expiring contract as well, like, and he's aging. You don't know the direction of, of Kyle. And then, you know, the, the situation with Terrence Davis is, is unresolved yeah. at the same time. So That's at right. the same time, you know, coming into the season two weeks away, as you say, as, you, as we were all aware of, you could be without two point guards and Kyle's your lone, mm-hmm. your lone guard. Mm-hmm. So you have to protect that in a sense. And then, okay, in the event that, you know, Freddie, you know, signs back and Terrence's issues are resolved, mm-hmm. then, okay, you still have these guys that have some value that you can ship around. Mm-hmm. So I think in the thinking, I understand from from a business standpoint. Now, um, you know, from from the basketball and you know another small guard, mm, not my favorite guard, but you know we've had success with that. And to a testament to the Raptors, they've done a good job in developing you know guys that we've gotten in the late in the late first round to second round. So I mean, there's two ways to look at it. And I, and again, if if things don't go in the favor of the Raptors, this is a great pick in, in the late first round as well as the second round because you fill two holes that a team needs immediately easily yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's to me it's a security pick um, obviously you don't know what's going to happen with Terrence Davis at this point um, he was a guy who, who played off the ball while Fred could play on the ball um, you know he reminds me a lot of Fred to be honest with you in watching film he, he's steady um, he makes the right decisions he's a great playmaker he, he's a team leader um, and, and this is a guy who, if all three guys are brought back, that he could spend time in the 905 and develop just mm-hmm. like Fred did. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you see what happens as a result of that, of spending time in the system with Toronto You come up, uh, with the 905, is that you come up ready to play. Um, and, and, and I like it. I, I think that you know their ultimate goal is to bring Fred back. Who knows what's going to happen in free agency. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know it does give you the opportunity to, to play you know, Kyle and or Fred on or off the ball. And I think it gives them a, a lot of uh, versatility with that. Steady Malachi. Steady. That's Doesn't that's what it sounds like to me. Right Look, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say this. You know, in this day and age, you're seeing teams giving up a lot of draft picks. The Clippers, you know, Oklahoma City is stockpiling them. Championship teams tend to give up draft picks along the way for for trades. So I, I do have to hand it to uh, the Toronto Raptors here, Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, for having two picks. In the draft, I, I think um, that's a testament to their strategy that was put in place many years ago. And I think it's a luxury that a team one year removed from a championship mm-hmm. and still, you know, a team of contention in the East even had those draft picks. So, and Do we know anything about Jalen Harris, their second-round pick at Anybody? 50? Anyone? Anybody yeah, watch well, any Nevada Wolfpack last he was, year? Well, he was yeah. on Mountain West's first team. So, I mean, he okay. makes – I know Dan, Dan's a Mountain West hater, which is weird because I kind of figured you kind of like would enjoy the Mountain West. I, you I, look like – Yeah, you. but if I was out in the Mountain West, I don't know if I'd be watching much basketball. Dan, I'm an ACC guy all on. the way, Atlantic Coast through Conference. I, I agree with you there. Okay, let's uh, – Big Ten. Football, <laughs> football baby. That's yeah, football. Yeah. We, we are just – burning through time obviously we could talk about this for hours we, we won't put the listeners through that um so let, let's put the draft to bed and try to make sense of some of the moves that took place in the few days since we've been here you know on the dawn uh, of the draft and the milwaukee bucks clearly trying to make moves to show Giannis antetokounmpo this is what we're willing to do um, it, it did seem a little bit desperate. A couple of their moves, very risky. Uh, I want to start with Shep because Shep's been 
touting Drew Holiday since we started this podcast. What <laughs> I, is your feeling on this? I think maneuver? you know, and I don't want to take away from the player that Drew Holiday is, but for Milwaukee, if this is if this is the move you're trying to make to show Giannis that we are going to be a championship contending team. I think it's it's a it's a lateral move in a sense. I, I'm not a firm believer that you know this is going to take you over the top. Um, they need they need another piece. They need a bigger piece. I mean, they can bring a bit more. He's not going to change the direction of of a of a program per se. And again, you fast forward a couple of days later, I don't even know if, if Bogdan agreed to the trade. So <laughs> well, he's, he he's going he has, into restricted he's free agents. Yeah. So <laughs> right. how do so, you trade a free what's agent? What's amazing is I think that was uh, was that Pat or Messiah who's making it tough for him to go to <laughs> Milwaukee so that they don't win because someone's. I mean, we're always thinking a couple years down the road here, right? But you know who's not thinking a couple years down the road is Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do, right? Is that they're trying? And it's interesting because when I think of Milwaukee, and maybe this is stubborn of me, but like. After like the way it went down this year again in the playoffs with them, it's like, eh, I don't think you're going to get Giannis back. At what point do you start thinking about, we need to start thinking a couple years down the road? They're not. like They still really believe, obviously, that they're going to retain him. Uh, They gave up a lot for Drew, like you said. So, but you don't know what conversations are happening behind closed doors, but to me, it's almost like desperate. Like, I don't know. I just like it happened again to them last this past in the bubble, and it was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And when do you start moving on at, in terms of the front office? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ar? What, what's Milwaukee? What are they doing? I, here? Like I said, I agree with the sentiment of everybody else. I think that they gave up just too many bodies uh, in terms of getting something that was. Uh, I don't think he's a, a major uh, superstar piece for their team. I mm-hmm. think he's solid. I think he's the litmus test for. What uh, he's the most underrated. He's everybody's favorite underrated player yeah. in in the NBA. Yeah. That's the litmus test of, of basketball knowledge, in my opinion. Is 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 uh is uh shit. What else is man? Drew. Drew. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember a couple episodes back. I was saying that you know I would I would start I would start my team around a guy like Drew Hodge just in terms of of his work ethic, um, just in terms of his defensive capabilities because I think that's what you need um, and, and his ability to lead a team. But if you look at what he's done in New Orleans, he's had, I don't know how many seasons there now, but I mean, they haven't advanced past the West. So you can't say that you can build around him even with AD there. Um, but I do think he's a great addition to the team. I'm, I'm hopping on Shep's bandwagon in, in terms of saying that they need another piece. They need a big, you're not going to get it done with the Lopez twins. And we're going to be honest here. And I think an, another step they need to take and, and I, it may just be me, but I don't always think you you have to take the best available player, but the, I'm more on the side of best available winner. Mm. And none of the guys that they're, they're talking about bringing in have proven to, to win. Agree. Who are they going to get there, though? Like, Giannis is piecing out in a year. Like, who's going to go to I Milwaukee? Think he's gone yeah, that's I'm not, what I'm saying. So, who are they going to get? I, it like, would be, I wouldn't even go to Milwaukee now, yeah. right now, if they offered me right now. I'm not even going there. So. <laughs> but yeah. that's, you get what I'm saying, though, is like, it's, I, so you said you'd start with Drew. So, I, that's where it's like confusing because are they starting or are they still trying to win? I think they're still trying to win. It's, it just seems like, I don't like the direction. What are we doing here, Milwaukee? What are we doing? <laughs> I, I think the Bucks are in a tight spot, and I'll yeah. I'll just come out and say it. I think I think Milwaukee's going nowhere fast. I think looking into the new season, 
power rankings. You got to be looking at Brooklyn, uh, Boston, and Miami ahead of Milwaukee. Maybe Milwaukee ends up with the best. So let me, record, let me throw one But I don't see them doing much in the playoffs. Let me throw a question at you guys. If it's if it's one push for one year, would you have brought in a guy like Chris Paul? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, yes. <laughs> yes. If Phoenix could bring but, in Chris Paul, so that why would have shown me if I was if I'm management. I think that's more of a, a show to hey Giannis, let's let's make a push at it this year and revisit this I'm conversation. Not a Chris Paul guy, man. Wow. No. But just like in terms of he brought of him into a win now situation in yeah. Houston and he didn't do shit. I think well, he's, he also oh, played with someone. I was going to say, hold on a second. Okay, but you were looking <laughs> you, at the Jordan Holiday Houston. than Chris Paul, though? <laughs> yeah. and now, I'd right rather now, Chris, at this point for in the this game? one season. I would. You'd rather Drew? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd take Chris Paul Chris right Paul's now. Chris Paul's on his last leg. It, to me, it seems like that's, he needs to be tough. very ball dominant. He had a great year in OKC. Very ball dominant. Right. Because he had the keys. That's because he was the guy. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think they have more Milwaukee? And he enjoys that leadership position where he can bring on these young guys. He's touted as the man. But when he has those expectations, of being the man and you want to win right now I don't think he's capable of getting the job let me ask you this do you ask Giannis who to bring in like of course you you do okay so that's what I'm saying is that like so they are still they still believe that he's coming back yes okay they're the only people I think think that that he's still coming back (laughs) and so that's my point I guess is that like it's hard to think about them and understand like what's actually going on Mm. because like you said like they gave a lot for for a little, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, would, I'm gonna say little in like he's a guard, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't wanna, like he's a good he's a good player. Maybe he compliments him, but like I just I'm confused when I think about what their goal is right now. They're they're in a tough spot. I, I, I'm agreeing with I. Th- I think we're all in agreement that he's probably not going to come back to Milwaukee. The best thing for the Bucks is to figure out a way to make a trade. And to not just let him walk away and figure out we what a, teams he wants to go to and make make. We got a couple move. guards, a couple young guards we can give them in Toronto here. <laughs> Who uh, Malachi? What's his name? You can throw Malachi Flynn. Oh my god, Malachi, Malachi yeah. Flynn! I'm thinking and Johnny you know Flynn. And we can throw Norman there. He's been he's been up and down, but he still has some value. Yeah, mm. but he's his contract suddenly is going to be uh, is going to be over in a little bit. Going to be going to be interesting. We're just heading into free agency. Uh, training camps open December the first. The season starts in a month. It's uh, it's going to be a quick sprint to uh, to opening night in the NBA. Um, we're going to wrap it up. I, I started the show um, by saying how much throughout my life I enjoy talking about basketball with my friends, and I think that this podcast today um, bears that out. This was just such a uh, wonderful organic conversation about basketball with. Um, three people who I like and admire greatly, uh, Javon Shepard, Andy Routens, our very special guest, Amy Audibert. You can see her covering 905 on NBA TV Canada, college basketball in the States, WNBA in the States, CEBL on CBC, uh, hoping she'll be back for the 2021 season. Uh, thanks so much for being here, Amy. It, it, it was a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for the chats. Producer Dan Wong, extraordinary job by you once again. We will wrap it up here. We'll do another show of Jim Rats and Joints next week. Thanks for listening, y'all. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.